0: I'm Les Miles, and this is Les' is More. Well, welcome to the uh, podcast, Les' More, and we are here in the... Uh, in the holiday season to um enjoy each other's company and talk a little college football and uh, talk a little uh, holidays and christmas and um, fortunate that uh, that uh, smacker miles has allowed us to use and infringe on the dallas cowboys uh, facility we're in the star right now as we as we tape this podcast the USC and the Ohio State uh, teams have just arrived as part of a festivity at the, uh, uh, here in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl, and uh, have, uh, is, you, you find those players walking around the facility as we speak. Um, my, uh, my family uh, are, are here, uh, Smacker Miles, the queen of the podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Sarah Smack and Ben Miles, the youngest uh, member, youngest male member of the Miles
1: family. That's right. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I had to twist my dad's arm to get on here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great day in Dallas, Texas, and I'm happy to be here with my damn strong family. And we're all uh, looking forward to having a great day.
2: Well, what so, y'all missed is well, earlier, dad, dad was, was snapping his fingers at the boys to behave yeah, during exactly, the middle of the intro. Exactly.
0: And uh, uh, the eldest son, um, baseball, football, and stuff, um, Manny Miles. What's up, guys?
3: Back again. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and,
0: and uh, there's a lot of, there's a segment of the population out there that is running, hey, Manny's going to be on. And they're all kind of getting together. Um, but sit up. The uh, the youngest member, the fourteen year old member of the Miles family, is a fast pitch softball pitcher and a a U uh, High Cub enthusiast. Any sport she plays it, um, Macy Miles. Say hello, May.
3: Hey y'all. Don't be so
0: weird. I'll talk. Hey y'all. <laughs> May needs to understand. She needs to have a little passion about her. Uh, her uh, piece to the uh, podcast. Hey, but uh, John Wangler and, uh, and two sons, right? Uh, are you hanging uh, in the perimeter there, John? Or
4: Yeah, we got Jack and Jared. They just got back from uh, from practice, and they got a couple of days until they go down there to Tampa for the Outback Bowl. So uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, come and visit and uh long distance with uh, the Miles family, and they'll be here enjoying Christmas.
3: The first thing that you have to know about every Miles Christmas is dad is going to get mad at all of the kids for opening their presents too fast. Well, we're supposed to be going from youngest to oldest, opening all of our presents one by one so that dad can see everyone's reaction. And it's always going to happen. Dad's going to get mad at someone for opening a present too early.
2: Someone has to get in trouble. That's definitely part of it.
3: (laughs) If someone's not grounded by the end of Christmas, it didn't really happen. (laughs)
0: Ben, that's not true. Stand in there and, and, and stand up for me.
1: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well the, the 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 joy for Kathy, my wife, and me, is to see what Santa Claus brought and to see your faces when it was opened. And, and we all know that the 14-year-old believes very strongly that Santa Claus is going to come and drop some gifts because you three elder also witnessed that growing up and so you have never ever you know had another vision of Santa Claus and bringing gifts am I correct so the the parents who don't even know what the gifts were you know because Santa Claus packed them and wrapped them We want to see what it it is and we want to see your face, that first jovial happiness about receiving a gift that you didn't know was coming. If I am in some way being maneuvered and downtrodden because I cared for Santa and I cared for his gifts being opened so that the parents could watch, I take the blame. (laughs)
2: As part of a Less Is More podcast Christmas edition, I think we should all say something that we're thankful for or a Christmas memory, whether it relates to football or not. So we're going to start with the youngest because she is a Santa enthusiast, and I just know that she's ready to go. I am thankful for all the time we spend together on Christmas, and even though sometimes I wish the older siblings would get up a little earlier... I'm still thankful for them. We'll go to Manny. I we Let's would,
3: hear it. I youngest it's your turn. Um, I'm thankful for the game of football and how it's changed my life.
2: And so if you're thankful for the game of football and how it's changed your life, how has it changed your life on Christmas in the past?
3: Well, I mean, every year we don't know where we're going to be because of bowl games usually. Um, you know, growing up it was always a mystery of, of if Santa was going to find us and what city we were in. Um, But he usually did a pretty good job.
2: Do you have any memories of hanging out with the players during a bowl trip around Christmas?
3: Um, I mean, I have a couple now that I'm playing. And being with our freshman year, we played in um, a bowl game in Orlando. And every position group had to go up and sing uh, a Christmas song in front of everyone. And the quarterbacks got stuck with a Christmas song that I didn't know any of the words to. So I was just kind of sitting in the back, a true freshman on a football team, looking at a bunch of people that I didn't really know that well, trying to sing in front of them. And it was a fun experience.
2: Let's go to Benjamin. In the climate that has some true Christmas weather, our Nebraska fullback.
1: Um, I've always enjoyed the candlelight service that we go to, um, led by dad singing. And, um, and another thing I've always really enjoyed was the staff Christmas party where um, each and every one of us would perform um, for dad and his staff and 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 generally for, for their laughs.
2: When he says perform, he means his incredible dance moves from the age of 10, five to now.
0: yeah Ben Ben really uh, you know we, we would put an annual Christmas party together and Ben, generally would entertain and did a great job uh, in bringing some, some spirit and some liveliness. I mean, the talent show, the talent show was brought down, you know, by, well, you know, there were several, you know, talented, uh, um, you know, siblings that were of the, the assistant coaches, but Ben Miles lit it up.
2: Well I think done, Ben man. would pick up a few moves from the beginning of football season till the Christmas season in football Ops and then they'd be on display at the Christmas party it was always a timely dance ad dad your turn
0: I'm thankful of I'm thankful for the the health of my children the enjoyment of taking a team on a trip um, and 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 leading that team to the field and practicing, and the uh, the camaraderie of of you know team and football and the camaraderie of Christmas and the Christmas spirit. I uh, I, I I enjoyed my Christmas, each and every one, at whatever ball site it was.
2: For me, I always enjoyed that Santa was always able to come at a time. That dad would magically have a couple minutes to watch us open presents. So I enjoyed Santa's perfect timing every year. Let's go to the Wengler family. Could y'all each share something?
4: Well, I tell you what, uh, what I always enjoy is the fact that uh, now is so they all can come back a couple of days to come home, and uh, everybody puts their guns down and they can relax for a couple of days before they go to the bowl game. Um, and we can spend some quality time and, you know, get up on Christmas morning on their uh, flannel pajamas and come downstairs and fight the open for presents. And then we go over to my, my dad and mom's house. And my mom has a big spread for us. And, um, you know, that, and then they have the, what they call it cinnamon rolls, the homemade cinnamon rolls and the, um, what they call that pulled uh, monkey bread. And that's always a highlight. Jared, what do you think? What's up, guys? Uh, long time no talk. Uh, I'd say my favorite Christmas, uh, part about the Christmas season, is just being home with family. Uh, you know, I'm sure all you guys can attest to the push work. It. It's hard, it's tough uh, going a couple months away from home. Uh, also, really nice to see friends from back home uh, when you come back and see your boys from your hometown. That's always uh, always great over Christmas. Catch up, see what everyone's up
0: to. There is a natural break in the schedule, in the fact that a game of very very strong significance is going to be played in January, and you have, you know, you you, you got done four sometimes more depending on when it was um week break and you had to handle it first of all you changed the priorities you went from football and and strength containing or or training etc to academics because you have a finals week and a study week that you just have to achieve in and then you're Taking that, you, you, basically, what we tried to get to was about 12 practices, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, and uh, those practices all had very real specific um, agendas. In other words, we were we were talking about getting our feet underneath us and um, getting used to the timing of the throw and the catch and the timing of the offense and and uh, with all the things that we needed to do and, and pick up speed. And really it took about three practices to get to speed. And then from that point forward, we were very dialed in to game plan. And we did not, um, we, we exposed the, the position that we were in, no matter who we were playing or what we were playing for. We talked about it it was a, a a very significant piece because you just don't go off and, and do a practice week and just practice you know wildly and, and without a a direction and a goal and uh, we we tried to communicate that specifically as we went through and uh, sometimes you were the number one team sometimes you were the number Nine team, it made no difference we knew that when we got to the final moments the game that it was going to that was what was going to decide victory and we were very comfortable playing for that and I, I think that uh i think that we we handled that that time that pause if you will in college football before the playoffs and or before the, the bcs championship game and uh I, uh, but I think it's an imperative piece that you have to. If you just take for granted that the, your team understands where you're going and what you're doing, you're wrong. You, you must describe, okay, this is what we're gonna do first. First, we're going to rehabilitate, we're gonna get our academics together, et cetera, and then you start with that as a premise, and you continue to build on game plan as you go forward into the game. It is important. You, you have to understand that you have a great deal of time and you must make optimal use of
3: it. So in my experience with preparing for a bowl game is sometimes you got to um, take away the distractions of a bowl week. Because it's, the week is meant to be fun, but you have to remember you're there for a job and it's a business trip at the end of the day. And a bowl game is never fun if at the end of the week you're leaving with a loss.
4: Jared brought up a point this year and unless we, we, didn't, we didn't talk about it, but with that early signing date, you know, that had an effect on the bowl preparation for a lot of teams, because a lot of the coaches I think were out trying to um, you know, garner the, the commitments and the signatures of the players, so it was a little different uh, this year. I, I don't know how that will affect or not affect, or if it'll have any effect on, on the preparation of these teams, but that did have an impact because those coaches, those assistant coaches, weren't around as much because they were trying to, to lock down those kids for the early signing
0: day. Yeah, I I, I I agree with you. I didn't, we didn't even give any real thought to that because you know, frankly, we'd not been involved in it. But um, on the twentieth of December, the the, uh, the assistant coaches were all on the road you know at some point in time and uh and you it was very difficult especially if you had a Imagine if you had an early bowl game you have an early bowl game you, your your game planning is 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 not what it should be and uh but I, yeah, I i think i think as long as you plan for it and and you and you realize that uh, that you, the work that you'd done um uh, was was already you know you'd already You know, secured a commitment. I feel like you know you could probably handle the uh, the uh, exposure if you did not go. But uh, those guys that were trying to get him to commit, they had to show up. And uh, you're right; that would that would definitely affect the uh, the preparation without question.
2: Let's talk about the teams that matter most coming off that five-week off stretch. Let's start with the first playoff game. It's the Rose Bowl semifinal. It'll be at 5 o'clock, obviously, in the Rose Bowl. Y'all are both familiar with that. And it's number two, Oklahoma, playing number three, Georgia. They're both 12 and 1. Who are we picking?
0: Well, I uh, owe you number two. I um, Heisman Trophy winning, uh, Baker Mayfield. You know, many times they talk about the uh, Heisman jinx and you know, those guys that get named Heisman that have to play another game or two after. Um, I think uh, Baker Mayfield is not going to play um, uh, anything but uh, all out and aggressive and I don't think there's any chance that he's, he has a, uh, suffers a Heisman jinx. Um, the TCU game is probably the only thing that gives me reason to believe that OU has a difficult uh, time playing Georgia. TCU was not in the same caliber of, of athleticism as this Georgia team that they're about to play. And uh, but uh, as long as as long as there is there. Um, aggressive, as long as they're, um, you know, playing hard. I think. I think certainly OU will be in it, but uh, but Georgia, Georgia's got more athletes, more, um, more speed and and physicality on defense, and both are conference champions. I uh, I'm going to have to stick with Georgia. I think Georgia will end up being in the uh, in the finals.
4: John. Well, I tell you, um, you know, I've been on the Baker-Mitchfield train, as we all know, all season. And I think he's going to be uh, lights out in, in this big stage there in the Rose Bowl. But I think Georgia's offensive line, a uh, huge offensive line, coupled with you know their stable and running backs and, and their quarterback, I think they're going to have too much uh, for Oklahoma in this one. I think that, that in the end uh, they're going to prevail – Now, they did lose their sixth-leading tackler, Natrez Patrick, for the game. He's not going to be with them, and that just came out yesterday. So, I don't know. I mean, they they do have a great uh, defense, number three ranked in opponent scoring. So, I I don't know what effect that will have. I'm sure it will have some effect. Uh, But I think, in the end, um, they're going to be able to score on Oklahoma, and they'll be able to play well enough – Shut them down in the course of the game, and I think to Les's point, like some of the, the, the schedule and the, and the talent they've played coming through the SEC uh, has has really has them um, grizzled for this game, and uh, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna prevail in the end.
1: I disagree with both of you guys. I gotta say that I think Oklahoma has the upper hand in this one. Um, Oklahoma's the third-rated um, offensive pass, passing unit, and I also think that people don't give them as much credit for the multiplicity in their offense that they really do bring with their run package behind their fullback H-back, Dimitri Flowers. Um, they can, that guy really enables him to do a lot in that offense, and Baker Mayfield spreads it around a, a nice. I think that Georgia's defense will be in for a tough night.
2: I did not even pay Ben to say that. I just really agree with him. I think that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback you want to take into a game where there are a lot of nerves and a lot on the line. And I think that Georgia is a quality opponent, but I think they're one year away from the talent that is on the OU roster right now. I think it will be a day full of emotions for Bob Stoops to be sitting at home and watching the team that he put together and gratefully handed to Lincoln Riley but I really hope that they can win with the talent he put there, beat a Georgia team that's one year away, and I hope that they can all recognize what he did there and really appreciate him for all the years that he put in.
0: That's a great point, a uh, great Bob Stoops. That, that team was put together by him, and, and, and th- there should be a lot of credit given to, to him yeah. because, he, he lent stability and strength, and they, they won conference championship after conference championship. He's a national championship coach, and uh, that would be nice. That would be a nice segue. I think Georgia has better players. Jake Fromm, if he, if he manages it and hands the ball off to two really talented running backs, I just, I just think that, that that would be – the best defense on the field will be Georgia's?
4: You know, uh, I've been listening and thinking over the last couple minutes. You know, I don't know if I can go against my boy Baker Mayfield, okay, and Lincoln Riley. I, I really, you know, there's something about him. The brighter the lights get shown on him, the more he performs. And they've done a great job there letting him, as we mentioned, be who he is. And they've not, you know... Uh, they fed off of that energy, and uh, you know had passion that he brings, and you know he's done some crazy stuff and some stupid stuff, and, and but you know what? In the end, he gets it done and he makes plays. And uh, in, in a one game, in a one game series, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I, I would bet against him and or Lincoln Riley. I think Kirby Smart's a great coach. Obviously, he's been trained uh, under the best there, uh, but. I, I think uh, I think that this may be a, a situation where uh, we get got the eyes of the world on you and, and Baker Mayfield's going to put them on their back and, and, and Riley's going to let, let the, the horse run loose from the barn and see what they can come up with. I think it will come down to can that, that uh, defense of Oklahoma can it stand up to uh, Georgia's big offensive line and, and, and the running backs and if they can, I think Oklahoma's going to score some points and uh, I
1: think they could they could
2: win you know if they if they get
4: into a track meet it's going to be tough for Georgia in my opinion. Thirty one twenty four Oklahoma. Twenty one seventeen OU. I'm going with twenty four twenty one Oklahoma. I'm flipping, and uh, that's my prediction.
2: Ben and I are persuasive, and John wasn't going to say too much bad about Baker. (laughs) Twenty seven.
0: Twenty one. Georgia
3: 38 24
2: OU Good Lord, the Tar Heel offensive guys in here. Let's get to the game I'm most excited to talk about, the rematch we have between Alabama and Clemson, the Sugar Bowl playoff semifinal. Any thoughts? Clemson ben has something to say, I can tell. <laughs> Dad, let's start with you.
0: You got it. Clemson, um, Brent Venables, a defense that is one of the more talented um, teams, you know, groups in the country. Um, I think that I think that they will play extremely hard. Kelly Bryant, 2,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, 6 picks. 600 yards rushing. He's a true dual-threat quarterback. Um, I uh, And... I don't know that they played a, a just a, a killer schedule. I don't think Florida State was the team that they've been in the past. I don't think that South I don't think that South Carolina is a great team. And Miami playing in the conference championship in Charlotte is not the same Miami that played um, Notre Dame in in on on the East Coast in uh, Miami. So for me. I, uh, I see where Clemson has both offense and defense in really good position, but it's just very difficult for me to ignore the fact that you, you have a uh, revenge motive. You, you, this um, Alabama team is watching um, the Kirby Smart Georgia team win the conference championship and sitting there looking at, okay, this, is, this Clemson team is a team that beat us a year ago. I would guess that.
2: that Jalen um, Hurts spent the entire year with a picture of Clemson in the national championship trophy as the background on his phone. You realize how angry you have to be to purposely make yourself angry.
0: Jalen Hurts, 768 yards, eight touchdowns, um, a uh, in rushing in, in uh, 1950, and 15 touchdowns and one pick um, throwing. I uh, I think I think that uh, Alabama's the thing that, that concerns me about uh, Alabama is how injured are they and um, and mightn't Clemson actually be the best team, period.
1: You see Alabama and you see them generally struggle with a running quarterback, Deshaun Watson had beat them and Johnny Menzel had beat them. Um, and my problem and I know that Kelly Bryan has ran a good bit, but my problem is that I don't think Kelly Bryant is Deshaun Watson. I think that Kelly Bryant is a thirteen. He's a thirteen touchdown guy, six pick guy. Deshaun Watson really just made the whole thing spin, and he was a three touchdown guy in the in the in the big game last year. and And that's what I think the the difference is. I don't think that Clemson is the same team with Kelly Bryant as Deshaun Watson.
0: That's a great point. Yeah.
2: The ball security on a six-pick, 13-touchdown guy is not the one I'm choosing to take into a championship game.
3: As much as I want to root for the ACC, i got to say that I think Bama's going to take the win in this game. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is a great player, and I think that they're, um, they're one stop away from winning the game last year. I think they have what it takes to do it this year.
2: I'm going Alabama. I just don't think you beat that Alabama team with vengeance year after year. I think that they... Like Ben said, Ja'Shaun Watson put on a show last year, and really, he didn't get the credit he deserved, in my opinion, all the way through the draft and into the beginning of his rookie season in the NFL. And then people really started to believe in him, and he got hurt. And so I think he'll come back and do well in the NFL, but I just think that people are underestimating the leadership they had in him. And I'm a believer in signature drives, and he put on a show in the last drive of the Alabama game last year, and I just don't see Kelly Bryant putting on that kind of a show against the Alabama defense, regardless of injuries. John Wangler, what do you think about that?
4: Well, i tell you, it's a tough one. Um, you know, you're talking about comparable athletes uh, across the board. Uh, you're talking, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to go against Alabama when you add the revenge factor. And You talked about the difference in quarterbacks at Clemson from last year to this year. I think Javon Hurts. Uh, is going to have a uh, an outstanding game. He's going. I mean, he's lived with that for a year. The team's lived with it for a year. Uh, assuming that they get some of these guys back healthy, especially defensively, uh, I just have a hard time going against Alabama. And, and you got two great coaches. You got you know great athletes all over the field. You got professional players uh, up and down the line on both sides. Um, I just got to go with Alabama, and the difference is the quarterback and the revenge factor is the the tipping point for me. But it's going to be a a whale of a game. I I, I don't think you're going to get a better game than this one right here.
0: Yeah, there's two games that we're looking forward to seeing, and and really they're both going to be tight. They're both going to have the best of of college football on display. So it'll be great fun to watch these these, uh, teams in this playoff.
2: Let's go around some score predictions. And if anyone can get dad to take a bet on our behalf, we could possibly choose Alabama collectively and put him up to the challenge. Anyone dad, you willing to take that?
3: Uh, That's illegal. Or who
2: are you betting for? <laughs> <laughs> we have, we True, have I ten. forget. We have two we have currently ten. NCAA enrolled athletes. There'll be No wagering on this, in this, in this, <laughs> in this <laughs> podcast today. So. That'd be some incriminating evidence.
3: Um, my score prediction is 21,17, Alabama.
2: Ben.
1: I'm going to go 28, 17, Alabama.:
2: I'm going to go bold here. 28, 14, Alabama.
0: I'm going to go 34,28, Alabama.
2: Got some Alabama.
0: (laughs) Well, got some SEC love on this podcast right now. Here's what I'm saying,
2: John. We still
4: need to get to John. John,
0: we gotta find out what John says. I got
4: 24-21 Alabama.
1: Unanimous.
0: That means Clemson's gonna win. I guarantee it. With with a unanimous pick here from the uh, Less Is More podcast, I think we, uh, I think we could, we could look for an upset Um, from the Less Is More podcast crew uh, to you fortunate to be around the people that I love for the length of time that I have we have a lot to be grateful for and if you want let's just go around and, and, and one more time tell them what you're grateful for
2: I'm grateful for my family being here with me I'm working on Christmas Eve and so the fact that they were able to get to Dallas and be with me the next day is really special to me
3: Yeah, I'm thankful for our whole family being able to get together this Christmas. It's not too often that um, we get together as a whole family, all six of us. So it's pretty awesome when we can go to a restaurant and get a reservation for six instead of five or four, however much we have.
1: I'm thankful to um, be here in Dallas with everybody and especially kind of get a glimpse into Smack's life and see what she does on the daily because she really busts her tail for the Dallas Cowboys. And, man, I could, if I couldn't see her being Aaron Andrews one day, I don't know what I could see.
2: <laughs> Thanks
1: for the love, well, Andrew. Top spot on ESPN, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess we've, I guess we've made our intentions known. Do we want to wish him a Merry Christmas and say one more time?
2: Let's send him out with a Christmas carol.
0: Yeah, here we go.
2: Three, two,
0: one. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We, we wish, wish you a Merry Christmas, Christmas. and a Happy we New Year. Good tidings we bring, bring to, to you, you and your, your king. Team. We Good wish you a Merry Christmas. We bring
2: to your beautiful
3: bowl season. I, I don't know. Okay. And
1: you got to. And for this, and for this Christmas season, we hope your loved ones run up and give you a big kiss on the mouth. Oh lord! If you're Jesus a girl. Over. <laughs> if you're a girl. <laughs> the Players